We all love to hear stories that mothers have to share. Today, you'll hear stories that we have to share about mothers around the world. Stay tuned. Welcome to the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast, a show that lifts, encourages, supports, and educates mothers to do their best in their awesome responsibility to raise, teach, and champion the rising generation. Join us as we talk to and answer questions from mothers nationwide about the challenges, heartbreaks, joys, and lessons learned from one mother to another. Welcome. I'm Deanne Taylor, your host for the American Mothers Mom to Mob podcast. I'm really happy to have two previous guests with us again today, Canel Brannan and Kim Hoy-Stevenson. They're here to tell us a little bit more about the United Nations and the American mothers and what they've learned and what we can do as American mothers to have an impact on mothers around the world. Canel Brannan has an undergraduate degree from the University of Southern California and previously worked in Washington, D.C. for the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. She was named the 2006 National Young Mother of the Year by American Mothers and served as a national president for three non-consecutive terms. Cannell became involved with the United Nations Committee in 2011 when she first became national president, and she was honored to moderate a panel for American Mothers on human trafficking at the 59th meeting of the Commission on the Status of Women at the United Nations. She and her husband Cliff have two adult children and live in Oklahoma, where Cliff previously served as a member of the Oklahoma State Senate, and Cannell continues to serve in her community. We're happy you're with us. Thanks, Dan. Our next guest is Kim Hoey-Stevenson. She has always had an international outlook. In her early 20s, she backpacked through Europe and later covered maneuvers in Somalia during Operation Restore Hope. Later, she helped build a school for minority children in Pakistan. Joining the AMI-UN committee seemed like a perfect extension and, and a way for her to help harness maternal energy for the global good. She has been on the UN committee for more than six years. Kim is the mother of seven children, one biological and six stepchildren. She was named the 2013 Delaware Young Mother of the Year. Kim is a freelance writer and is a formal national member of the American Mothers Board of Directors and editor of the American Mothers Magazine. We're happier with us today, Kim. Thank you for having me. I'm so impressed that you two are committed to helping mothers around the world by becoming involved with this organization. Canel, how long has American Mothers been involved with the UN? I first became aware of it when I was serving as president for the first time in 2011 when our National Mother of the Year was interested in our involvement there. So we looked at the history. It dates back to when Mamie Eisenhower was the honorary chairman from American Mothers, and she brought this global perspective. Back as far as 1953, I found in my research, American Mothers always had an international relations committee, and they would have mothers who would follow the work of the UN as it was a new kind of international diplomatic body, and they would report back to the members what was going on in the world and how it was impacting mothers and parenting and the role of families around the globe. We're a registered NGO with the Economic Social Council at the UN, 
And that allows us some opportunities as a nonprofit to participate in some of their events, like the Commission on the Status of Women. What dates is the Commission on the Status of Women this year at the UN? Okay, It's March 6th through 17th at the United Nations and online. It's a hybrid event. March 6th through the 17th. Do you go the full time? No, no. We usually just go for a few days on the front end because there's some special events and I'm not sure if those will continue. Before COVID, there was always a reception we'd love to go to that was sponsored by UN Women. A funny story, you're, you're supposed to wear your native attire from your country of origin and we all looked at each other and what would be our American native attire? And we all wore just little black dresses with flag <laughs> pants. <laughs> that works. And white pearls. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> we did that one convention, yeah. didn't we? We white white pearls. So right, right. That oh, was I remember that. Yep. In honor of Barbara Bush, right? Right, right. If you want to just see the parallel event and not attend the CSW, the things that are going on outside, but in conjunction with, you can do that for some time at the link that I sent you. you just at go the virtual, the, those, right. the links that will be in the show notes. Perfect. You had another story to share with us. The one that always, that still gets me, there's two that really stand out in my mind. And one is when we met with that one panel that was talking about the media and the uh -huh. one woman was telling us about yes. how she was the only woman in the newsroom and how that has changed over the years. And so I felt really great coming out of that one. And to have that group, had the young, we had teenagers there up to this woman who was really the one who shattered the glass ceiling for us. That, that, that was, was that. I was talking about how a lot of the best things I learned or the most that I learned happened, not necessarily in the panels, but just sitting in the hallway. It will be walking around, we'll sit down and somebody will sit next to you. One time it'll be a woman who's from Kenya and she's a Maasai cattle herder. And she's got a large farm cattle plantation that she runs. And you just look at her like, what? <laughs> but I remember one woman sat down and we were talking and she ran a nonprofit. It was for mothers in South America, Latin and South America, who had had their babies kidnapped. Oh, wow. And apparently I checked with some of my friends from Mexico and they're like, yeah, it's a cottage industry down here. She's one of my friends said, yeah, my, my friends won't take their children to the grocery store because somebody could grab them. And apparently if you're trying to cross a border, if you have a baby, you get better treatment. And so there are coyotes who steal babies and hand them to people going across the border. I remember that she was passing out postcards in Spanish yeah. and English, trying to raise awareness to that issue. And I kept it. I still have it. I it was too. fascinating. And it sent chills down my spine that you would be afraid to leave your house with your small child because somebody could just take them right from you. And it was beyond mind boggling to me. This is the reality for so many. I mean, for so many. Yes. Not yeah, too I mean, wow. That's heart wrenching. Really, yeah. I just can't believe people are so callous that money is more important yeah. than that relationship. Right. Oh, wow. It, it was amazing. Every time we leave CSW, we've started a, a spreadsheet of what panel did you go to? What did you learn? Is there some way we can tie this in with American mothers and different things? And the big takeaway is always at the end is that we are so blessed that we live in the United States that, you know, women running for office. I met one woman who was running for office in Jordan 
And the week before the election, the opponent came and killed her husband. Really? <laughs> Always panels on political violence. That seems to be, that's grown since we first started really engaging at the UN is the violence against women journalists or just journalists in general, violence against political people, figures, individuals. I feel like that, that we've seen an increase in that and really here at home too. So yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, we were I, sitting in one where they were, they listed the number of journalists who were attacked or killed over the last year. And it was, it was astonishing. Yeah. I think no matter what track you're in at the UN, where your interests are, we all come back and are just thrilled we live where we live <laughs> because our problems seem so insignificant compared to the life and death issues that so many of these moms and women face. Every day. They yeah. face it every day. It's just not in war-torn yeah, countries I mean, either. One of the big issues in panels I've discussed are child marriages, which you're oh. like, oh, who would, that's terrible. Who would do that? Well, a lot of them see it as a way out of poverty. They've got nothing else. So, okay, well, maybe if my child marries this man, he will take care of her. You know, she's 10 years old. Wow. But yeah. Those are the kinds of issues. So that was one of the panels where we were discussing what can we do to make these young girls and the mothers, the families to say, there's better opportunities. You can do more. And that's where a place where a mother can make a huge difference to say, no, no, we can find a better opportunity for our children. You don't have to go marry some older man in hopes that he'll take care of you. Is there a way to help increase the feeling of hope for mothers around the world? Maybe that's one of the things that a lot of these women need to know that there is hope because obviously if they're doing this for their children, they don't see any other way out. Right. So the UN having these panels, these opportunities to provide information or expand their their ability to learn things, but there again, are they able to learn do they have the opportunity to learn the other options? And that that's where the digital era comes in, where in these remote places where there aren't schools these girls can go to or they're not allowed to go to school, they could still get online and learn learn a trade, learn to read, learn to get an education that can make a huge difference. Because when you educate a mother, you educate a whole family. UNs put their focus back on access to technology and STEM education because that's playing a role. And we've seen it. You've seen it. Everyone sees that. So it's an integral part of helping people to a better place to where maybe selling their child isn't the best option. And they know there are other ways because they've been exposed to them. I don't know. But it's educational for us at the UN. And that's a plus back to American mothers being involved there is just the educational opportunities. I think it's enlightening and it's educational and we have takeaways, but it's something as an organization that we can continue to bring light to lots of issues that we know are important to moms here at home, our moms. I think it's important for us to recognize as American mothers to realize the challenges that other mothers face globally. I think we get comfortable and concerned maybe for our own little issues locally but there's so much more like you said we're very fortunate to live in a country that provides so many opportunities for so many not everybody has those 
because of circumstances. But it's important to know that not everybody has the opportunities we have in America. And I think it's valuable to have you women and any other member or anybody who's interested in participating to have that opportunity to learn firsthand. I really want to come sometime. I would love to be there maybe next year. That'll be my goal canal, okay? Well, it's in a hybrid format, so you really could participate virtually. It's not the same, I know. Well, you know I like people, and I like to be with the people. (laughs) You get a lot out of it online, but yes, it's the interactions in the hallways and the people that you see. We did talk about that last year. The virtual nature of it was good and bad, but it did allow you access to maybe more of the panels that you could watch them afterwards. The time of it was better virtually. You had more access to different panels. Whereas when you're live on site, you have to pick and choose and your time is limited, but yeah, it's much more fun meeting people and seeing their beautiful outfits because they wear their native attire. Oh, that's just, they're stunning. (laughs) They're stunning to look at if you're a fashion person. Well, even if you're not, because they're proud of their heritage, they're proud of who they are, and that's critical. I do like the idea of being involved, being able to learn more through the virtual thing. But like you said, it's not quite the same as being there and interacting shoulder to shoulder. But I think the opportunity to learn what's really going on and what other people are facing is critical. You've been involved for several years. What are some of the other topics that you found very fascinating at the U.N.? What was one of your favorites? I'm always uh, interested in education. I'm interested in politics and I'm interested in communications are the three things that I usually go for. I know that some of the other members have been very involved with mental health issues and um, help me out, Canel. What are some of the other? I mean, I had human trafficking. We've typically as an organization had a heavy focus on the human trafficking component. And I think that stems back from Maybe the panel we did, that was the 57th session, I suppose, and where we partnered with Operation Underground Rescue and Innocence at Risk and had a panel to educate on what to look for. If you're a mom, if you're a parent, if you're an educator, what the reality of the situation is on the ground. And they shared what their organizations do to help combat and help educate human trafficking. And that evolved into sort of a partnership with those two organizations where we put together a little educational piece that could be downloaded and distributed. And I thought that was valuable. That topic seems to be of interest to a lot of our moms just in general every year is the human trafficking at either they're involved in at their local level, or it's something they weren't really familiar with, but as the mother of maybe a young child that interests them. That is a big one. I think the other big one that we have is violence against women. Uh And there's a lot of panels about that and how we can stop that and change mindsets about it. I think that's important. That issue too seems to look different in different parts of the world. We do attend, seems like panels on that. And depending on which country is sponsoring it, the laws are different and some are more favorable to the abuser than the victim. And that's fascinating too. You're right. The laws in different countries definitely tend to favor one side or the other where that issue is concerned. And it's, it's interesting and alarming at the same time, but definitely educational. 
just from a global perspective of what other women are dealing with and what we deal with here and what that looks like in the United States. And that changes from state to state too. So, yeah, no, and that's, that's one of the things that I always I found astonishing was the acceptability of, of it in some countries. Like, well, it's just expected in places where like, that, that we don't think that necessarily should be the way it is. <laughs> Maybe you ought to relook at that. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. Well, that, and it's, a lot of it is cultural. Right. right. That's expected. That's just the way it's always been. And that's my right. And it's hard to understand that because mm-hmm. we value people as individuals, not as objects. Right. Yeah. The American outlook on things and view of things is very different than in other countries. So, yeah. Which I'm not saying one's right or one's wrong. I'm just saying it's different. That's one of the things that you learn when you're at the CSW. And then how do we look at what are our overarching goals? Maybe we're not going to have the same path to get there. I bet there's a lot of learning. There's a huge, not going to say a huge learning curve, but when you get there, you gain so much understanding of other cultures and other people and what they're going through and what they have to deal with. I think you can become a little bit more compassionate to what other people have to go through, what they go through. Right. Right. Like I told you, that one woman that I met who had been kidnapped as a 12 year old and had to fight her way out over the years. And she's one of those great success stories because, well, one, she did finally make it to the United States where she started her own cosmetics company. And she was using the money that she was making in her cosmetics company to help the people back in her homeland to shut these places down. We talk about slavery and it's, it's real and happening around the world right now. Right now there's, I forget how many million slaves in Pakistan right now. The United Nations recently recognized that, that there were these people who like say the grandfather borrowed $200 from a bricklayer years ago and three generations later the family's still working in that brickyard trying to pay off that original debt wow it's perspective for sure and that's a good thing for our organization to have access to that through the un and to be able to share our expertise and knowledge because that's the one great thing about america we said before with american mothers is there's a lot of expertise and knowledge and experience probably gives hope to those women who are having issues or come to United Nations with specific issues. It's probably encouraging to see that there are women there who have a more open opportunity to gain knowledge and to share their experiences that can give them hope and encouragement to move forward. I think that's absolutely true. And Kim, it may have been the young woman that you were referring to who was sold When you spoke, I believe, as the keynote on a panel, and I remember outside after the event was finished, she was just swarmed by women from all over the world who were wanting their photo with her, who were hugging on her, who were encouraging her and loving on her. And I thought, wow, that's just really a neat moment of humanity where you really see that one voice of care and concern being expressed just at the global level. It was touching. I think that was her story. If not, it was another woman that we saw who was in similar circumstances that had been trafficked or sold and had come out of it and was a real survivor. Well, it happens around the world because we had her mother of the year three or four years ago 
who made it out of trafficking and yeah. talking to her and the amazing story that she shared of getting out of that circumstance. It's real. It's a real thing that unfortunately we have to face. We have to overcome it somehow. Right. Well, and that's one of the things that we take back with us is that, okay, how can we on our local level do something that can help locally and eventually globally? That's one of the important things about our tie with the United Nations. Oh, that's awesome. It's a good educational tool to have in your toolbox, for sure. Kim, (laughs) you have lots of mothering experiences. I know, is there something you'd like to share to encourage mothers? (laughs) The one good thing, there's many good things about having children, but one of them is, is that you can never get too swelled ahead. I remember when I was named the young mother of the year, a reporter came to my daughter and she was, I forget how old she was then, maybe 10 and said, well, what do you think about having your mother being the young mother of the year? And she goes, she burns dinner a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Like, well, that is true. So those are, the, those are the kind of things that, you know, just when you're thinking, yeah, I've really got this down. No, no, they'll let you know. I know that's my daughter said the same thing. Somebody asked her, oh, wow, what's that like? Your mom being a young mother of the year. And she says, that just makes me young daughter of the year. And I was like, okay, we'll go with that. We'll go. <laughs> I don't know. know. I need to ask you both. When you were named that, I was the Arizona young mother. And did you feel like you had to put on your makeup every time you walked out of the house before you went to the grocery store because everybody would know and they'd expect so much more of you? No. (laughs) No. Luckily, no. (laughs) I think I laid low that entire year, hoping nobody would look at my parenting in the aisle of Walmart with a screaming child. You shouldn't do that. (laughs) Well, you're still a mom and kids are still going to be kids. So I think (laughs) we put a lot on ourselves, even if you were recognized as in with the title or even as mothers, we put a lot on ourselves to be at least appear better than we think we are. And we're really better than we think we are. Yeah. I do feel like I have more compassion now for other mothers. I mean, I was a great parent before I had kids. (laughs) Isn't everybody? Yeah. (laughs) But now if I see a mother who's yelling at a kid in the store a lot of times i'll be like okay i get it (laughs) there's probably a lot leading up to this you know and i'm like what can i do to help this poor woman (laughs) that is true i look at these moms with all the kids and i'm just like yeah don't judge because you never know what just happened or where they're going and there's probably a lot more going on you know having been on that side of it yeah there are sometimes i go up and i say you know what doing a good job you'll get through this. Sometimes they need to know people aren't thinking badly about them all the time because some people do. They get pretty upset. Why do they bring their kids? They should be home having a nap. Why are they here screaming? My husband and I were at our church right before Christmas and this mom and her young daughter were sitting right behind us and the young daughter really needed to be in Sunday school because she just was having none of the service. And she was standing up on the kneeler. She hit my husband in the back of his head. once, And we just sat there and didn't say anything and just kind of played right through. And then after the service, we were getting our coat to go. And the mom just looked at us and she said, I'm so sorry. And I just looked at her and I said, 
don't be. Hey, you've got your handful. And this, the girl was on the pew walking up and down at that point. I said, you've got your handful. <laughs> I said, go for it. I'm just glad you're here. And I didn't want to make a stink of it. I didn't want her to feel bad because she did. And I just, I felt she was a single mom and she sits in the same spot every week. And so I see her and I just had such sympathy for that because I thought if that were me, oh my goodness, I don't know how I would have handled that, but it caused me to pause and not get mad. She's hitting us on the back of the head. And I didn't, I never once turned around. And I thought, I'm just going to give that mom some grace. Yeah. But she needed it. And I was more impressed that she brought her child and they stayed through the service. I thought that was, that was important too. And I'm not sure I would have done that. You two are just amazing women. I appreciate you coming on and all the good things you do and just moving forward with life and keeping the UN going. I think it's important. Elle's the one who organizes us. Wow. And I really appreciate all the work that she puts into getting us together. It's, it's my most favorite thing I've done with this organization. Really, I say that honestly, it, it's fascinating to me. And we have a great group and it's a diverse group of women who are interested and they all bring something unique to the table. So we're never short for topics to focus on or issues to look at or just share what we've all gleaned from the process. I really appreciate your time and I love getting to know more about the UN. It fascinates me. And I love hanging out with you ladies. You're just amazing. So that's a that that's actually a highlight tip. <laughs> the girls' time and you learn so much from each other and not only globally, but the women that you're there with. Well, thank you. Yep. And, thank you. and thanks for making a second run on this. Thanks yep. so much. So fun. One of the American Mothers programs is the Golden Rule Movement. And that's all about kindness and serving others. We are focusing this year a lot on kindness and things that some of the mothers have done to show kindness and what others have done to show kindness to them. So we are trying every episode to share a story or two with you. We hope it motivates you to not only do a random act of kindness, but to develop the art of kindness. Hi, I'm Lene Tryon, and I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. I'm a mother of nine children, one of which passed away when she was three. And so I have some stories of kindness and how they impacted me. The first one, I was in college. I just finished my community college and was starting the university and didn't have a lot of friends. As I grew up, I was pretty shy and not a lot of friends. Well, I get to that college and there's a girl, Linda, and she just wants me to be her friend. She introduces me to her friends and she invites me to the activities they're doing. And she just brought me in and became good friends. This is over 40 years. We're still good friends. All of these, we're still good friends. Our children are friends. And it just amazed me how she just kind of hugged me and brought me into her group and it made a big difference in my life that kindness and someone wanting me to be her friend so many times I felt I was either shunned or just didn't have anyone but she went out of her way to have me become her friend and the friends of her friends and like I say it's been over 40 years and we're still close friends this friendship has gone through people being out of state and move away but it's just been a wonderful experience and her loving and kindness has meant a lot to me in my life and it just started out with her kind of hugging me and bringing her into her group 
Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of mom-to-mom encouragement. We understand that being a mother can be overwhelming, but we hope that you found something useful you can apply to your own life. We invite you to share this episode with a friend who might also enjoy the message. The mission of American Mothers is to support mothers, empowering them to positively impact their families and communities. We want each one of you to discover and share your innate, inherent, and natural abilities to bless your children and others. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the American Mothers mom to mom podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of American Mothers Incorporated, its members or employees. AMI is not responsible for, nor does it verify the accuracy of the information contained in the podcast, nor does the series constitute any professional advice or services. We look forward to visiting with you one mom to another next week. Until then, just do your best at mothering and remember you're not alone. You've got an army of mothers all around you cheering you on.